as we've been focusing on mission, there's a, there's a big world out there with a, a really big need. And um, I, I wasn't here last week, uh, so I, I didn't hear that message. I just hope that this message uh, will dovetail with the other messages, but look, if it doesn't, that's all right. Um, so uh, this morning, before we get started, I just, just want to really pray that, that God will um, speak to us through his word this morning. Father, it's a privilege uh, to be able to share your word this morning. I, I just pray that your words, Lord, will be sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, they'll cut into our hearts. Lord, your word will just um, speak to us. We'll be encouraged by it. Lord, we'll be obedient to it. And Lord, we may just um, grow as a result of being encouraged by your word this morning. So we commit this time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, many of you will know that um, uh, my wife Jan is currently in Southeast Asia. Uh, she's staying with Mike and Shana. And um, I just want to sort of give you a bit of an update. Um, she's really enjoying looking after Claire, um, who's just about sort of trying to crawl, but <laughs> not quite there yet. Um, she's six months old, and um, Jan's a little bit worried um, because there's been a lot of rain and, and flooding, and uh, the Mekong River has, has burst its banks uh, where they live, and... Um, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a concern that, um, you know, the dams further up the river, they're, they're full to capacity, so they have to keep releasing water. And um, so she's, yeah, so just uh, pray for her that she won't be too worried about these kind of things and that um, uh, God will be there and, and, and look after her and, and others in that, in that city where they are. All right, so we're t talking this morning about the Great Commission and... Uh, I want to focus on uh, th three passages of Scripture. This won't be a long uh, message this morning. It'll, it, I just want to really focus on, on three passages. So this first one is in um, Matthew 28, and it's probably familiar to most of you. I'll, I'll just read it to you. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And just a bit of a question there before we um, continue. You know, the first, the first thing that the disciples did when they saw Jesus was they worshipped. But, but the second thing, and it seems a bit of a surprise, doesn't it? It says some doubted. And, you know, to me, um, that, that's really surprising. Here's Jesus in the flesh after his resurrection appearing in person, and yet some doubted. And so... You'll never convince people by your well-argued arguments, by your well-presented facts. You'll never convince them of the truth of Jesus Christ. I think what has to happen, it's a revelation from God. God has to appear and God has to do the work. 
and it's a gift of God, our salvation. And, and so um, I'll come back to those, um, those ones that, that doubted in a minute, but we'll go, um, we'll go to that um, second passage just so we've got the whole context here. This is um, a, a similar passage, um, but it's in Luke's Gospel. He told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead and on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And then the third scripture this morning is um, Paul writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-6. For what I received I passed on to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Um, I don't know, Debbie, if we can go back to the Matthew 28 passage again. Um, so... Uh, I'm wondering whether, in fact, uh, the ones that doubted were part of that 500 because Jesus had already told all his disciples that, hey, after my resurrection, I will meet you in Galilee. Go to Galilee to the place uh, where he had told them to, to, to be. And, and so Jesus had prearranged that place. Um, but it, it's... But it's at that place in, in Galilee that this great commission is, is presented to the uh, disciples. And a commission is it's an instruction, it's a command or a role given to an individual person or group. Um, and, and so I want to break down that great commission into um, six questions. And these are the six questions. What, what is the mission What's the message of the mission? Who carries out the mission? Who are the recipients of the mission's message? How is the mission to be accomplished? And who empowers the mission? Um, incidentally, um, you know, the, the, the Great Commission is, is something that's been given to the church, but sometimes um, I've heard people say that the church is guilty of the great omission, um, but let's not be counted in that group. All right, well, let's look at what is the mission. It's, it's, it's quite straightforward there in, in the first passage of Matthew. That mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. And so the, the question arises is, what is a disciple? And um, a disciple is, is like a, a follower or a pupil, like an apprentice to a master. So, you know, when Jesus um, became a carpenter, um, he was a disciple or a follower of his teacher who taught him carpentry. And, and in, in, in Jewish uh, life and culture, the, the sons would often follow their fathers into a profession or into a, uh, a, a trade. And um, it was common also with rabbis, of course, that they would have their own group of followers, disciples, apprentices, who would follow them round, who would learn from them, sit at their feet, and um, just be immersed in, 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 in working with the master, getting to know the master, getting to know all about him and his teaching. 
So the job description is not complicated, is it? Go and make followers of Jesus Christ. So there's, there's the mission laid out for us, pretty straightforward. Go and make followers of Jesus Christ. So what is the message? Um, the message, as we saw from Luke's gospel, is that it's a message of repentance and forgiveness. Um, that is the, is the gospel of, of the good news, and it's the essence that we are to preach um, repentance and forgiveness. Repentance is a, a, a turning from sin, and forgiveness is the gift of God paid for us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not something we can ever earn or deserve. There's nothing we can do of ourselves to get right with God. And, and, and this, is, this is how um, faith in Jesus Christ is quite different from all the other world religions. All of those, it's man trying to get right with God through man's own actions, man's own systems, man's own sacrifices, man's attempts to get right with God. And of course, the big difference here is we do nothing but God reaches out to us through Jesus Christ. And um, we are sinners separated from him. And it's not a word we use very often, but it's there in the Bible. We are doomed to hell without Christ. Um, in Corinthians, Paul says the gospel is simple. He says, of first importance, Christ died for our sins. He was buried and rose again on the third day. Paul says there were many witnesses of such event. So if someone doesn't believe that Jesus died, was buried and rose again, they've not accepted the message of the gospel and they're outside of God's saving grace. If they have not repented of their sins and received forgiveness because of Jesus' atoning death, they are outside the grace of God. The second part of the message of the mission is that believers are to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And um, that's one of the few times in scripture all three persons of the trinity um, are mentioned together and um, you know it is important for a believer to be baptized and um, on a Kyle for a couple of weeks ago that he stood up and said I'm turning away from my old life of sin I'm going through the waters of baptism I'm by doing that it's a it's symbolic of the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ over our lives the forgiveness of sin. And um, so in making disciples, the baptism um, follows on. And um, then we come to the third part of the message, um, which is that we are to teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded. Um, and so a disciple or a follower will be keen to obey Jesus' commands. They'll be keen to leave behind their life of sin and guilt. And so one has to question 
<coughs> whether a person really is a disciple or follower of Jesus if they're not determined to obey the commands of Jesus and have their lives changed. I'm not talking about legalism, but is the person wanting to walk in grace, being slowly transformed into the image of Christ by growth and obedience? So the life of a disciple will be totally different um, from the state they were in before they became a disciple. You know, they've left behind that life of sin and they're being transformed. Okay, so, so that message is, is it's, it's not a difficult message. Repentance, forgiveness, um, Jesus died and rose again um, after being buried for three days that we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and we teach um, people to obey the commands of Jesus. So that's, that's the teaching or the message of the Great Commission there in a nutshell. And so who carries out the mission? You, me, all of us. Um, so we are all, I hope, disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, someone who's received the good news with joy and is on a journey of obedience. So, you know, uh, are you willing, are you willing to carry out that mission? And, and so as we come to the next slide, who is the recipient of that message? He said, go into all nations. And um, nations in this passage is not talking about political entities or, or political countries. And, and just to give an example of, of what is meant by nations or people groups, let's look at a, a, a simple country that's not too far away from us, um, Papua New Guinea. That's one political nation. But there are 832 languages in that small country. Um, and that's not dialects, that's separate languages like English, French, Chinese, you know. There's 832 in that little country. And there's more than a thousand different people groups. And, you know, people groups can be quite hard to define. Who is a people group? You know, if we're to take the gospel um, and take the message of our salvation to all nations, all people groups, well, we need to work out what is a people group. And, and sometimes there are hidden people groups. Um, you know, as an example, um, there may be a, a, a small people group of young Saudi Arabian Muslims living in Auckland and attending Auckland University. You know, are they a, a little people group, an unreached people group right here in our midst? Um, so there's lots of sectors of the community um, here that could be their own little little group. And so <coughs> we can begin at home. There are, there are people, your neighbours, your workmates, um, right where you are. And, and that is your Jerusalem, as it were, starting off from where you are. That's your Jerusalem. The early disciples uh, started their mission in Jerusalem and then spread out. You know, sometimes voluntarily and sometimes involuntarily and you know we we there, there are categories of people we could we could be sent out 
um, as a missionary or, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to preach the gospel. But at the same time, let's not forget that there are people coming to us and often they're coming in voluntarily. You know, you think of refugees. They, get, they leave their country and they come to another country as Johannes spoke the other day about a, a Syrian family in Germany going into a church. You know, they, they, God had taken them out of their country involuntarily for them and here they were in Germany where they had the opportunity to hear the gospel. <coughs> and so sometimes uh, in, a, in a nation or a, uh, a country, uh, when, when we don't obey, God can arrange the situation so that um, the gospel is spread. And this happened in the early church. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And so the persecution forced them out and forced them out of Jerusalem, out of their comfort zone, in, into another place where they could share the gospel. And then, um, then later on we see the, the gospel spread even further when, when Paul uh, went off on his missionary journeys um, with Barnabas and, um, and others. Okay, how is the mission to be accomplished? <clears throat> so we read in Matthew 28 that all authority or power in heaven and earth is given to Jesus. And after saying that, he says, therefore, go. And so we go with his authority, with his power, um, he is with us on the mission. We don't go alone. We'd get nowhere if we did. Um, and he is with us, not just day to day, but it's a promise right unto the end of the age. And um, so that mission can only be accomplished with God working in us and God's power being manifested through us and his words through us. And, uh, and so that's how we're going to go out and, and see that. We're, we're going in the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who has conquered death and living with us, in us. Uh, next slide. Who empowers us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit as it says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so again, as the disciples waited in the upper room um, for the coming of the Holy Spirit, they were waiting to receive um, the presence of God in their life after Jesus went back to the Father through the Holy Spirit. And so he comes and he gives us power to be witnesses. You know, we think it's kind of, oh, I, I can't say anything. Who am I? I'm, I'm nobody. Um, I, I can't share the good news of Jesus Christ. But you have power because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And you go not in your own strength but in his power 
and you are his witnesses in Jerusalem, right where you are at, at, at work, at home, and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth if called. And, you know, we're not all called to go to the ends of the earth. Um, you know, some, some people are, and, 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 and yet you've probably heard it's a bit like um, an army. You have um, a lot of troops on the ground doing the fighting, but there's a whole lot more in the background supplying those troops with, with food and water and fuel and, and all, all of the, the support needed so that those army on the ground can do the fighting. And so, you know, in a sense, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Jan. She's helping Mike and Shana just simply by helping look after Claire, providing time for Mike and Shana to do some other things, even though it's just a short term. It's what she's doing. So she, in a sense, has, has gone out, um, empowered by the Holy Spirit, um, past her comfort zone of Jerusalem. Um, she's almost at the ends of the earth, I suppose, but no, it's not really that far away. And, and so, you know, don't ever f say, oh, the Great Commission is for somebody else. It's not. But you have to say, well, what's my role in the Great Commission? Am, am I an active person going? You know, is, maybe God is calling some of you to go um, to somewhere uh, other than your own people group. Maybe God is saying, hey, why don't you go to this place or that place? Maybe God's saying, well, I want you to be an active supporter. I want, I want you to be an encourager to those who are going. I want you to be a, a, a prayer warrior standing behind those you know. I want you to be a financial supporter to, th to those who have gone out uh, ahead of us. And so we all have a role in this great commission. And uh, so let's, let's kind of ask God, what, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to go? Who should I support? What sort of um, prayer uh, should I be involved in? All of these things are all part of the great big picture because it's not a single thing that one of us does. We are all called um, to take part in the Great Commission. And so just um, concluding, so if you're part of the Great Commission, then firstly, make sure, am I a follower, disciple of Jesus Christ? Um, if you are, then your message is simple. You're preaching a gospel of repentance and forgiveness of sins. And you are to make disciples. You are to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey the commands of Jesus. You know, that's our commission. Um, and it's from Jesus himself. And, you know, someone's um, final words uh, are pretty important. And, um, you know, I, I just think back... Um, what my dad did uh, before he died, I mean, he wasn't expecting to die when he did, but um, he, he, did, um, he did final words um, and um, put them on a DVD and we played them at his funeral. And none of us had seen what he said and we didn't know what to expect. Um, but, you know, it was really kind of heartening, as it were. He was kind of speaking from the grave almost, like you could say. And, um, and so those words were pretty important. And, and so these were the 
you know, some of the final words of Jesus recorded while he was alive, and it was that commission um, to go out um, and preach the gospel. You know, we have the greatest gift of all. We have good news to share. We have good news that's changed us. Good news um, that shouldn't be kept to ourselves. And um, so what I want to do is just encourage you, you know, don't, don't hide that good news. Be, be willing to share it um, when you've got that opportunity. When you sense, hey, this person seems open, because don't forget, you, you'll never convince somebody um, of, of the gospel. God has to sort of open that door and knock on their heart, and it's his gift. But you're the vessel to share that gift when someone is open and willing to um, open their hearts to God. So, yeah, may God um, bring fruit from his word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Seth.